Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. All right, what's up? My name is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, and you could only hear it here first, okay? We got it here. We have the official album review of the artist named Zoe, a.k.a. Lonzo Ball's first record born to ball. We have the full listening party and full review Coming up on an I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, plus we have so much drama in the NBA, so many crazy things are going on in the world, and we have special guests, okay? Clint Boyer, NASCAR racer, he's racing in the 60th running of the Daytona 500 on February 18th. Let me tell you something, this isn't the normal I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast interview, but Clint Boyer came, saw, conquered my name is Michael Rappaport. You are now rocking with the best, Miles Jordan. Let me get something really, really funky. NBA All-Star Weekend. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. There's one event that I'm looking forward to, Rough and Rowdy, presented by Barstool Sports. This is 40 very amateur boxing matches starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern and will stream for four hours from West Virginia. Well worth the price of admission. Remember the thrill you got from a fight back when you were a kid. Take that, put it in front of thousands of rednecks thirsty for blood and lace up the gloves for the most unique production that you'll ever see on the screen. All commentated by El Prez, Dave Portnoy. In the main event, hailing from Barstool's Heartland, the $20 chef himself, Sean Latham, is looking to make a name for himself by taking on one of New York's Barstool guys, Handjob Smitty. Rough and Rowdy 2 is available online tonight for only $15.99. You do not want to miss this. A whole lot of ass kicking is going down. All right, we are back. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from the Los Angeles Gloom Tomb Studios. My name is Michael Rapport. I'm in here with G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. All day. Uh, I've been asked a few times recently what inspired the name Gloom Tomb. Now, we've talked about it on this year. 
award-winning worldwide phenomenon podcast, the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Um, but Mr. Moody uh, used to live in a apartment, a ground floor apartment, small apartment, <laughs> but classy, classy, nice. Um, and we used to have little parties over there. Yeah. And it was, you know, we would uh, sort of set the vibe, you know, very dark, red lights. You know, we'd have like, I don't know, 10, 15 people. They weren't real parties. They were like little little get-togethers. People would right. come over and drink and smoke marijuana. And Mr. Moody would be at the helms of the of the turntables. And I, I believe I'll take credit for naming the old apartment the Gloom Tomb. Am I, am yes. I right? You're right. Absolutely correct. Uh, we had some good people pass through there. It was always legends. Always legends pass through. Yeah. Um, but that inspired uh, the name The Gloom Tomb from Mr. Moody's old apartment. Uh, and then uh, when we started this year, I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, we, we took that name uh, and, and the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast studios are called The Gloom Tomb. <laughs> yes, that is good. <laughs> so as I said earlier... Uh, this is going to be another fantastic episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Um, me and Moody are going to do our thing. All-Star Weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend is happening here in Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, many different events. Uh, I've been part of the festivities for years. Uh, you can only party so much. These parties are not for the meek. They yeah. are they are not for the meek. People go fucking hard at these parties. Right. Uh, I'm looking for some uh you know meet and greets to say hello, not official meet and greets. Uh <laughs> God forbid I did an official meet and greet like like Lonzo Ball, who we're gonna get to, who's doing a $199 autograph. You can meet and greet Lonzo Ball, but you can't take pictures for 199 bucks. Oh. And I think that Lonzo Ball, what he should do. We're going to get to him in his CD, Born to Ball. We are doing the uh, the full release party slash I Am Rapport Stereo podcast review. Uh, but what I suggest Lonzo Ball does is he signs some of his own stuff, puts it away somewhere in case things go awry. <laughs> you know, and then he could put it up yeah. on the internet like, oh, I got this rare... Lonzo Ball T-shirt from 2018 uh, uh, when he was still on the Lakers. Or, you know, oh, I got a practice jersey from his first season on the Lakers before he got traded to, I don't know, Orlando. Uh, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Because okay. the way things are going, that could, that could happen. He could also wind up staying in L.A. and have a, a, a fantastic career. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? We're going to get to the full review of Born to Ball. Uh, by Zoe, that's his MC name. Because you, you oh. can't just be Lonzo Boy. You gotta have a an MC name. I don't. What, what did I even start? I was talking about All Star Weekend. Yeah. What was I even saying about All Star Weekend? Uh, about all all the events and and the parties. And- oh, it's nonstop. Events yeah, here, comedy clubs here. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Literally. Yep. Parties a night. Uh, you run into the same people over and over and over. I'll be making my way to a couple of these events. Uh-huh. Snoop Dogg is hosting the first ever uh, only rappers, only rappers uh, basketball game. Um, oh, oh, shit. I'm going to go there and uh, moderate that. He wanted me to give it a Rucker Park feel. So I, I think what he meant by that is to talk shit. Just right, talk right. shit as much as, as much as you want. Commentate the play and, and, and talk shit. Um, so, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Kenny Smith, I don't even know how long he's been doing. It's got to be at least 20 years now. Kenny Smith has been having his party, uh, which is a fun party. You going to that? I think I'm going to go to that. Okay. Uh, you, some of these places, they say, come suited and booted. Now, I, I can't get suited and booted. It's not happening. I'm not getting right. suited and booted unless it's a fucking funeral. And knock mm-hmm. on wood... I don't have any funerals to go to. I'm not right. wearing hard shoes to anything. Anything. I don't even wear hard shoes to red carpet events for my own red carpet. I wear New Balance. <clears throat> I wear sneakers. Suited and booted. Uh, I'm not wearing a suit. No. Uh, maybe a collared shirt and some jeans. That's it. And some fucking sneakers. Right. Um, I hate you. 
because you know they, they 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 don't want any riffraff because there's so many the trek of the west coast the midwest and some from the east coast all converges to los angeles for all-star weekend I, i've often thought about doing a documentary on Everybody. all-star weekend because it's a fucking shit show yeah everybody's there you got pimps retired pimps groupies 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 right this is yeah this is the come up this is like the convention this is where you you get off man i was fortunate enough to go to one i went to a baron davis's uh valentine luncheon in west hollywood uh great great atmosphere good food good folks met my man b dizzle oh that's dope he said i was a part of the family now because my wife is his uh they're cousins. Mm. So he, he said that to me. So I'm part of B. Dizzle's family. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Dope um, shit. Uh, uh, did you go to any other events yet so far? Ah, uh, no, nah, that's my first one, man. Shit. First one. So it's good. That was a good one, though. Of course, we were in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. Last year, and, and you saw what it is. Um, before we get into, you know, the real stuff, I mean, I don't like to preach and talk. Uh, too seriously, and there's really nothing we could say. This terrible school shooting in Florida that happened the other day, I, what can I say? My heart is broken again for these kids, for their families, for the adults. Um, nothing ever. You never hear a feel-good story about anybody that has these rifles. You never hear. Well, in the news today, uh, this guy with this rifle that could uh, kill uh, people and, you know, devastate people immediately, uh, blah, 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 blah happened. And, and we just wanted to share that with the people because this was a fantastic story. Yeah. yeah. You never hear that. Uh-uh. Anytime it's these assault rifles, it's always bad news. Every single time, it's always bad news news um and this time because we're in such a viral age you know the kids were actually videotaping on their cell phones this was actually a good time videotaping in the school videotaping as they were hiding uh you know huddled up you can hear the gunshots and just hearing uh the kids crying and just the fear in their voices and and the agony and the screaming and the gunshots i could not imagine my kid or a friend of mine's kid being trapped in their school while another student is going around spraying down people. And I don't have no answers. I'm not educated enough to make any statements on the shit. But there's no reason why if you're not in the military, you're not in the police, these guns should be given to civilians for any for any reason, not for hunting, not for safety, not for gun rights. I don't give a shit. There is no right. fucking reason why these assault rifles, like the one in Vegas, should be out there. They shouldn't be for sale. Yeah, to the general public, for, for certain, man, because, I mean, you can't really stop these things that are going on in these schools. But uh, as far as people being able to purchase those uh, assault rifles, that, that should be kind of outlawed. No doubt about it. And, and I don't want to beat you over the head with this kid and they checked him for this and he's had guns before and, you know, he was put on this list and that list and he still got the guns. Right, right. He still got them. Still got the guns. Man. So. Just so unfortunate. Terribly unfortunate. Could, could, could you imagine if you got a phone call, you're on Twitter and your kid or your, your cousins or your friend's kid, and you see there's a, a, a shooting, an active shooter at blah, blah, blah school, th- with the horror you'd feel, knowing what we know, how these, these always end with massacres. Yeah. Man, I don't even want to think about that. I know, man. it's my terrible. Heart, but when I saw these videotapes the of these kids, they're videotaping in there uh, of the, on their cell phones, and one of the kids said, I was videotaping in case we died. Yo. What the fuck is that? This is the United States. This is Florida. This is the United States of America. I'm, I'm videotaping in, in case we died. It's fucking insanity. Right. And Homeboy was a student in the school, so how could you? Well, you're going to have to have uh, metal detectors. 
Well, I went to school. I went to Thomas Jefferson in Brooklyn. We had they had metal detectors. Bring that shit back. We had Wand- metal detectors in Erasmus Hall. Remember? Yeah. I got wanded. Everybody got wanded. We never had no fucking mass killings because you got wanded. <laughs> they had them in Bring Martin back. Luther King High School. They had them in Erasmus Hall. Bring back the metal detectors. Anybody who's yeah. got a problem with it, sorry. Yeah. Kindergarten up. Uh, we don't care. Terrible, man. So condolences and thoughts and prayers and, and everything goes with them. And I don't even know what to say. Um, how are you enjoying the West Coast, Mr. Moody? Oh, man. I, I, I love the weather. I was just sitting out earlier today. Uh, it's just beautiful, man. It's, it's winter, but it's 72 degrees, 74, good breeze. Man, you can't beat uh, L.A. weather, man. It's, it's the best. Yeah, the L.A. weather is crazy. And as I yeah. said, it's All-Star Weekend in Los Angeles. We're at the halfway point of the NBA season. This is where you tighten up your sneakers just a little bit. This is where it really gets good. And I have to say... I have to say the first half of the NBA season was good, but all the the sweet dick Willie pundits and sweet dick Willie NBA experts, I don't know how you become an NBA expert or a sweet dick Willie pundit, but you were wrong. You were wrong about a lot of things. Number one, right now at the halfway point. Now, obviously, these things are subject to change because people are going to continue to compete, but the number one team in the East is not the Cleveland Cavaliers, is not the Boston Celtics. It is the Toronto Raptors. You said by, by record, they're, they're the best, right? That's what by I'm talking their about. Record. They, they okay. have the best record in the East. The number one team in the West is not the Golden State Warriors. It is not the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is not the San Antonio Spurs. The number one team. If the playoffs started today, the team with the number one ranking is the fucking Houston Rockets. Oh. Everybody okay. just thinks it's just the Cavaliers and just the Golden State Warriors. I'm telling you, it's going to get very competitive. The, the Toronto Raptors, they've been grinding for years. DeMar DeRozan is a star. Kyle Lowry's playing the best he's ever played. They have a bunch of young dudes that the average layman NBA fan has never heard of. Toronto is coming also. I think actually Toronto is going to be more formidable down the down the stretch than the Boston Celtics. That's my prediction. Okay, and I oh, ain't no okay. pundit and I ain't no fucking expert. Oh, okay. No matter what you say, the East, Cleveland is the big dog for they have a, a four-game winning streak going into the uh the all-star break. So uh it's gonna be customary. Cleveland's gonna come out and Cleveland's gonna be in the finals. Toronto's gonna be uh, sent home. Boston will be sent home. Cleveland comes out, and they're in the finals, and then we'll see what's happening from there. And Houston, they're not going to beat Golden State. I mean, this is ridiculous to even suggest such a thing. There's been uh, so many diff- different little little firestorms and, and controversies in the last few days. Uh, since we last podcasted, uh, me and Moody, um, the, the, the LeVar Ball uh, whole thing with uh, Alonzo getting traded and if Jello and Mello and Bello and the good fellow uh-huh. and, and all of them don't play for the Lakers, uh, he's not going to sign his contract. Well, the Lakers apparently are not fucking around anymore. The Lakers are low-key treating LeVar Ball like just another fan, like a wacky fan. They're making him pay Full price for seats. They could shut down the access. You know, you could get certain amount of like it's it's still the Lakers, it's still the Staples Center. Right. They could shut right. that down. His Facebook show, uh, I don't know what the fuck it's called, uh, but uh-huh. they didn't grant them access to film in in the Staples Center because you know, anytime you film in an NBA arena, I found this out when I was doing uh, the Emmy Award winning documentary that I directed uh, called uh, When the Garden Was Eden about the 1970-1973 Knicks. Um, anytime you film something in an NBA arena, if it's on your phone, if you take a picture, you might not even be filming the games. You, you could be filming your girlfriend. If you post that and the NBA wants to take it, they could take it. Oh, because it's uh, the rights. It's okay. their rights. Anything you film, you don't even have to be filming the game. You could be filming your feet on the floor of the Staples Center. They own that. Wow. 
Now, obviously, they can't stop everything, but when they want to shut shit down, they could shut shit down. That cease and desist can come. And if they don't want you filming your Facebook show in the Staples Center, they shut that shit down. So apparently, the Lakers are starting to put the squeeze on LeVar Ball. Like, yo, we're not giving you discount prices. Oh, You man. want tickets? $150,000. Damn. 20 premier level tickets. That's how much he, he had to pay for. They're not giving you discount. They're not doing that friend and family shit. And, and yo, keep it and funky. Yo, you could run out of money in the NBA quickly. You're paying $150,000 to get uh, 20 tickets for a game. Uh, and, and, and there's a reason why you're doing autograph signings for $199 a pop. In my opinion, that's mincemeat. You're, oh, you're supposed to be the, the most celebrated rookie and all this and all this hype. And on All-Star Weekend, you're not playing in the Rookie Challenge game. The What is it? The Rookies versus the World, the United States versus the rest of the world game. It used to be the Rookie Sophomore game because you're injured. You're, you're not winning Rookie of the Year. There's nothing Lonzo Ball could do to win Rookie of the Year. That's not happening. You're right, not even in right. the discussion. You're not really part of the All-Star Weekend because of injuries. But you want to put out a, a, a fucking rap CD? On All-Star Weekend, and, and then you go and do a, an autograph signing for $199 a pop, but no pictures? Shit is corny to me. Oh, man. How could they do that to uh, uh, his pops and say, yo, you can't come to the game? Yo, my son is on the team. Why? Yo, What's you could come. Discrimination shit? Nah, like, it, yo, ain't, he- it ain't you could come, but like, yo, if they want to hook you up, they could hook you up. But, but if you're okay. talking shit about the team and you're, you're okay. making threats on the team, yo... We don't need this shit. You don't see the NBA doesn't lead Lavar Ball. Lavar Ball needs his sons to be in the NBA. Yeah. The NBA yeah. doesn't need anybody. Nobody's bigger than the game. Certainly, Lavar Ball ain't bigger than the game, and Lonzo Ball ain't bigger than the game. Nobody. Michael Jordan, whoever your favorite player is, Kobe, Magic, Bird. Nobody's bigger than the than the game itself. Yeah. Well, Lavar. Uh, he needs to pipe down a little bit, but that won't happen. So we'll see, man. His, his son got to get out there and start doing some shit, man. <laughs> really. Um, the other day, the the Golden State Warriors were playing the Phoenix Suns, and they were beating their asses. This is like maybe four or five days ago. And Steve Kerr let Draymond Green and, and uh, a few other players – Call plays during the timeouts. Sucker shit. I, I I took offense to that as a as a former hooper. Matt, if I saw that in my team and we getting blown, he's like, oh, letting the other players coach and shit. Oh, you trying to diss me now? Now you rubbing it in my face. Now one of these motherfuckers gonna get clotheslined, straight up. Well, they didn't get clotheslined. They didn't do shit. They got blown out. I'm not sure how aware they were of it during the game. Because, you know, when you're, when you're losing a game, you're, the last thing you're going to be doing is going and being able to pay attention to what's going on in the other team's huddle. Uh-huh. Uh, but afterwards, you know, like the Phoenix players said that they thought it was disrespectful and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I think is disrespectful? The Phoenix Suns' defense. Uh, yeah. Stop them. Yeah. Stop them. And, and Steve Kerr won't let them call plays. Stop oh, them. Man. And Steve Kerr will have to think and the coaching staff will have to think. Damn, I thought that was just a bad look. I understand what you're saying, but I thought that was like kind of thumbing your nose at the other players. Yo, you was a player, Steve Kerr. Yo, cool out. Y'all, y'all, y'all blew him. You don't got to do that. You don't have to, all right, you coach. And this motherfucker Iggy with the uh, clipboard and all that. That's uh, bad sportsmanship for the other team because you don't have to do that. That was unnecessary. So Phoenix, come back and try to blow them motherfuckers. Yeah, that's, it's that's not going to happen. Do. It's not going to fucking happen. Even when Golden State's losing. Uh, I saw them lose uh, uh, the other night to um, Dame Dollar and them in Portland. Oh, yeah. And they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Right. And even when they're losing, it's like, yo, the way they score and and, and the way they move and cut and all that shit, it just, I can't wrap my head around like what it is they do. But they do it quick. They do it efficiently. And they do it very very, very well. Yeah. They added 30 points with uh, Kevin Durant. Very tough to beat beat these guys. So um, 
man, it's going to be good finals, though. Uh, Cleveland is all revamped four in a row. I'm with Cleveland, B. Yeah, you're with Cleveland, B. I'm with Cleveland. Yeah, they're, they're not winning jack shit. All right. You'll see. They got guys that have no playoff experience, and they're just presto changer. They're just going to figure it all out, and and boom. Of course, they're revamped, and they're all they're all hyped up. They got to be. Yeah. They got to be hyped up. LeBron's got to be smiling right now because if this shit doesn't work, at least to, at least if it doesn't give the image of working, then you're in real <laughs> deep shit, man. You'll see. You'll see, man. LeBron at the helm with some uh, young bucks. Come on, man. And Jr. Watch what happens. Yeah, J.R. Smith did really, really well last year in the finals. Yo. He did excellent. Everybody can't fucking be. You, you're going to have bad games. And the, whole, the whole playoffs. Remember they people thought he was fucking stoned out of his tree? Yeah, yeah. But he all right now. Okay. Now they all right. He's all right now the last four games. We'll see. You'll see. We'll see. Um, we're going to take a break. I want to hear something funky. Something really funky. And then when we come back, we're coming back with the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast review. Both me and G. Moody has listened to Born to Ball by the artist named Zoe, a.k.a. Lonzo Ball. We have the full review. I've listened to this record about four times all the way through. And I want to bang my fucking head against the wall. Stay tuned. All right, brand new Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at store.barstoolsports.com. You wanted it. I wanted it. We are introducing the very first Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. It's Buttersoft, the Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt. Okay, and of course we have the You Fuck You t-shirt, the World Famous Sucker Shit t-shirt, the Gringo Mandingo t-shirt, the Rapmatic t-shirt, and all I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast products at store.barstoolsports.com. I mean, who doesn't want a World Famous Stickman Hall of Fame t-shirt? And you know it's butter soft. Go to store.barstoolsports.com now. All right. We're back, okay? I told you it was coming, and here we go. So right during the middle of the All-Star festivities, Lonzo Ball decided to drop a f- not just a single, not just an EP. I, right. Some of you guys might not know what an EP is. An EP was like the shit that would come out before the whole record. It'd be like six songs, like a, maybe a remix, and some instrumentals. Remember them shits? Yeah. You could get the EP cassette. And then you get the EPCD, and it'd be like a short joint. It'd be like $6.99 or $5.99, depending on how much fire was on there. He didn't drop an EP. He dropped an entire fucking record. And I'll tell you this. I listened to this record literally three times all the way through, and then four times like I wasn't paying attention, okay, because I wanted to give it a fair shake, okay? This record is exactly what the fuck I thought it would be, Okay? I don't understand why you're putting out an entire motherfucking record. If I could even call that a record. Uh-huh. If I could call it a record or a CD or an album or a long form play of, you know, more than six songs. I don't see how how this kid would even think about putting out an entire fucking I'm not calling it rap record and I'm not calling it hip hop. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Think how you would put out an entire fucking mumble, mumble mouth record when I, me, Michael Rappaport, 47 years old, have a better shooting form than you do. Uh, That's fact. (laughs) That's a fucking fact. I have a better shooting form than Lonzo Ball, yet you decided to put out an entire fucking record during All Star Weekend. The balls and the fucking ego that's first of all second of all if you love hip-hop and you love music so much why don't you do it to sort of bring some people that are really really about it to the forefront some people that that have put their entire life put their entire like thought some real artists who really give a fuck about this shit uh then i'd be like okay i can respect that 
Yo, like Lonzo Ball, like, you know, he fucks around with it, but he also put out a bunch of, you know, he's bringing these new artists to the forefront and all that shit. You have the audacity to think that you should put out a whole fucking record? Like, think about that shit. Think about, like, the ego to think that, like, yo, I'm nice. I'm going to put this out. That's the climate we're in. Unfortunately, it's not like back in the days where you had to have real talent and, you know, you, you put it out and you work, you out doing talent shows and all that. Now it's like social media, you could rock in your crib. So it makes them feel that they could do this. Yo, you can't do it. You're not dope. Your rhymes are toy. They're hokey pokey. I left, listen to the whole shit. The song that people, even you, G. Moody, said over text that people and G. Moody, last name rhymes are duty. The three-time podcast co-host of the year. When I said, what do you think of it? You said the song called what? Uh, the song, yeah, LeVar. That's so the this best motherfucker one. puts out a CD. <laughs> LeVar Ball is dominating every single thing about his basketball career. And LeVar Ball is dominating every single thing about his fucking rap CD. <laughs> nah. The most exciting thing about Lonzo Ball's uh, entrance into the NBA has been LeVar Ball. And the best thing about this subpar CD is the song about his father. This is some bullshit. Uh, There's nothing I, I, original on it. Even the titles of the songs are not original. <laughs> He's not a rapper. You gotta, you gotta yo, yo, judge it. Yo, yo, if you're not a rapper, don't context. put a fucking CD out. In context, you gotta judge it in context. Of course, we're gonna judge him based on, you know, the shit we grew up on. But yo, man, th- th- this is not that music. It, I wouldn't call it hip hop. I would call it trap music. It's that type of music. This is different from hip-hop. So you have to judge it on that term with these kids. He's 20 years old, okay, man. So you're just 20 years old. Nas put out Illmatic when he was 19. This Tri- guy Tribe is no Nas. Quest, Tribe Called Quest put out People's Instinctive Travels while they were still in high school. The Jungle Brothers yes. put out their first record when they were still in high school. I agree. But this is he's not the caliber of those artists. Then why are you putting out music? Because we're in that day and age now where anybody could do this shit. That doesn't mean it's good, <laughs> but you can put it out. Anybody could do it. Yo, let but me tell you be, something. Yo, let me just tell be you something, thankful. G. Let me tell you something. Just be thankful that we grew up in a time we grew up in where, where we got the fucking standard of what the shit should be. All those excuses and explanations and giving context to it, all that shit is excuses for whack motherfucking music. There's no different flows on this record. There's no different beat patterns on the record. Yeah. There's not even any <laughs> original sounds. Like, this. there's one of these sounds, like, like, like the, the, these kids say on these records, they go, screech, screech, some shit. Yeah, yeah. Some shit. Yeah. He says that on his record. Make your own fucking sounds up. <laughs> You're not God. even making your own sounds up. This living lavish and all that shit. You're not living lavish, Duke. You're doing an autograph signing for $199 a pop. You're not living lavish. <laughs> That's not living lavish, my man. I listened to the album, and I'm not judging it on my, my fucking taste and my shit. I listen to that shit. I give him a B. A B. Because he was saying some shit. Some of the shit he said was okay, whatever. But it's, it's these beats. It's, it's their time. It ain't funky. It ain't funky. So, But you, I judge it based on the kids' shit today. And I give it a B plus in that. This so isn't you give hip-hop. it a B or you give it a B plus? No, a B, a B. This isn't hip-hop. There's no, there's no scratching. There's no chorus with turntable wizardry. This is just some mumble shit trap music. That's what it is. Let me tell you something. This ain't hip-hop, all right? This ain't rapping. I found the whole thing offensive top to bottom. I found the whole thing offensive that when he's sitting on the bench from an injury, having a subpar season, that he would decide to put this out. That's true. They mentioned that he mentions uh, BBB and Big Baller Brand and these Zotus. Like, them shits yeah. is dope. He mentions it over and over. Probably every song mentions Zotus or the fucking sneakers. The sneakers ain't dope. <laughs> you mentioning them shits like them shits is Jordans. Them shits are not fly. Big baller, basic bullshit music. Stick to selling whack ass sneakers. Stay the fuck out of hip hop. It's my oh. review. That's He's it. Not in hip hop. That's not hip hop. Yo, listen. When I go to Amoeba <laughs> Records, when I go to fucking Sanos, 
When I go to title, there ain't no thing that says mumble rap. And until there's a thing that's a, a section that says mumble rap, if it says hip hop rap, I'm gonna treat it and I'm gonna judge it that. And like we said the other day, I don't wanna hear the, yo, he's a kid. Fuck all that. Oh, Wu Tang were kids when they put out their first record. Beat Nuts were kids when they put out their first record. Eric B and Rakim were kids when they put out their first record. KRS One was a kid when he put out his first record. Kendrick Lamar was a kid when he put out his first record. He's still a fucking kid. Right. Hip hop. It's for the kids, made by the kids. So I'm treating this shit like a, a, a hip-hop record. This shit was straight doo-doo on a motherfucking oh. stick. <laughs> this motherfucker ain't Rakim. He ain't none of them guys. He put out some shit because he can. It's not like he was hungry. Rock you can put out a fucking CD. Of course. But why Anybody wouldn't you? Anybody can do it <laughs> you, well, you wouldn't do it because you would respect the art form. Of course. Okay. Of course. So I'm just saying, I take this shit as, as a person who's a fan of this shit, I have no stake in music. None. I've said this before. I have no stake in hip-hop. I'm not making any money off of hip-hop. I didn't even make any fucking money off the Tribe Called Quest documentary. That's a fact. I put a whole bunch of money into it and didn't make any back. Fact. Dang. I did that shit out of love. I love hip-hop. I, I know what it means to me. I know what it means to the tons of other people. When you come in with this bullshit and you have the audacity to think that people want to hear what you have to say, other than the fact that you play for the Lakers, you're bugging, man. Fuck all that. And all these, a lot of these other dudes and the rappers, they won't say it because they don't want to come off like haters and all that because they're actually part of hip-hop. I ain't part of hip-hop. I'm a fan of this shit. And I get offended when motherfuckers think that they could just lollygag into this and put out some motherfucking cornball, whack-ass shit that isn't pushing the art forward. It has no intentions of pushing the art forward. Right. I'm I'm unlike you because I kind of differentiate. I know what my hip-hop sounds like, and I I don't call that hip-hop. It's under the umbrella, but I don't call it, it's not, you know, for me. No, I get it. I, I, I get it. You you look at it a more rational thing, and like you you separate the two. But you, I yeah. mean, yo, we're different like that. I get more. I get more. I get offended by this shit, man. Like I get offended <laughs> by this shit because I'm like, yo, there's dudes struggling. Yeah. There's like real rappers, like who who we would consider stars, struggling. Hell yeah. You know because they didn't make money in their primes. They didn't make money when they were really popping. They didn't make money because, you know, people didn't understand the idea of how to, you know, make money in hip hop. It was just sort of happening and people were just doing it and everything just sort of took off. So when a motherfucker comes out with a bullshit CD like this, with no respect for the art form, yo, I'm here. I'm laying in the fucking cut. All these motherfuckers want to be businessmen, but you're not concentrating on your business, man. Shout out to (laughs) Jay-Z. (laughs) <laughs> your business is is making baskets okay and if you want to be in the business of hip-hop treat it as that he's like i'm in like he talks about i'm in the gym i'm working blah blah blah, blah all this fucking scrape all this bullshit <laughs> if you're in the gym working and all that shit as much as you say you are how the fuck do you even have time to put out this mama jahamba bullshit oh man <laughs> damn I, I i give it a b man you uh, you too hard on these motherfuckers, man. Give it a B. This fucking guy, give it a B. I'll give it a B, man. <laughs> fucking B. All right. That's it. Gave you the full review. That was the that was the full rap report. Okay? And I went full Iverson. Yeah. Okay? All-Star <laughs> okay. Weekend. We're bringing that shit back. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast going full Iverson. Yes. That don't need any explanation. If you don't know what that means, I don't know what to tell you. So they they got rid of Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I, I want to get this right, but Jeffrey Tambor, who's the star of Transparent, he's the Transparent. Now the show right. doesn't center around him. It's sort of a uh, it, it has a bunch of different characters in it. It doesn't just focus on him. But uh, I, I guess these allegations have been found. Um, oh, credible! Oh, credible in some way. They're not saying what they are. Um, but but he's no longer going to be on the show Transparent. Shit is real in Hollywood. Yeah, I, all, all I ask is for uh, due process, investigate, uh, don't ruin a guy's or a woman's uh, life on just somebody saying something. Yo, suspension, 
probation or whatever and, and investigate when you find out it's true, then you fire the guy. But just because someone says something is totally unfair. No. And I'm not going to just believe it just because you say it. It needs to be proven, which is fair. That's it. Fair, of course. I, I can't get to the bottom of what he's been accused of doing. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, you know, he's... Yeah, he's, if he did anything... He's and, leaving and, and that it, show. It, he's done. Good. If, if Obviously, they found something. And, yo, if you did something like that and they investigated and they found it, then you got to go, B. That's it. But now, motherfuckers got to watch themselves. Like we said, like, Shh. yo, no, no meetings. Always... Yo, yo, rap report, I'll tell you too, man. Yo, keep on your toes. I, yo, I just started uh, season two of Atypical. And yo, the yo, way, the way you speak around people, the music you play, you yeah. could be in the makeup or the wardrobe trailer listening to some offensive, what could be deemed offensive hip-hop. You could be listening to like some old Snoop shit. I just right. want to fuck right. you. <laughs> and if you sing that and you're making eye contact with a woman... That could come back on you. Like you have, yeah. like now I'm thinking like that. And and like, yo, I'm giving the fist pump goodbye with an arm's distance. And I got 37-inch sleeves. So I'm like down the street when I give you the fist pump. And put your headphones on when you're playing your music in the trailer, just silencing that motherfucker. Yo, be on your toes, because anything can be taken and you could lose your shit. And you got too much to lose, you know. So, yo, don't say nothing to these broads, man. You just like on some. Carry cue cards. <laughs> they say they say hi. Just put pull out a cue card. Yeah, hi. <laughs> you gotta be you gotta be you gotta be careful, men and women, men and women. Yeah, at least in this business. Um, another thing that happened is, uh, I just think it's funny because Sex in the City, that that TV show, uh, iconic TV show, obviously uh, HBO show. Um, it's funny because Sarah Jessica Parker, the star of the show, her and Kim Contrell are having a public feud. And with wow. all this uh, Me Too and women's movement and the show Sex in the City that's so, uh, you know, supposedly empowered women, these women are going back and forth on Twitter talking shit to each other. Um, and Kim Cattrall is just, she's just shitting all over Sarah Jessica Parker and Sarah Jessica oh. Parker. And I just think it's funny because it's, it's white girl on white girl crime. Self-destruction. Uh, uh, yeah, but Kim Cattrall's like probably got something there like, yo. She went at her, so uh, it, it seems kind of valid. I've read some of the stuff. So you never know, man. You know how motherfuckers be. They don't get along. Even though they're acting together, people don't get along. Um, Warner Wolf. If you grew up in New York City or probably in the tri-state area, iconic, iconic sportscast. I actually did a, a third-grade Class report on Warner Wolf. He's 80 years old. He had the oh. famous line, let's go to the videotape. He's like uh -huh. a New York guy. Got that, like that New York, like Marv Albert. He was never as big as Marv Albert, but he's more local. But Mar uh, Warner Wolf is suing that fuck Don Imus because Don Imus uh, apparently fired him uh, over his age. I don't know what oh. Don Imus is talking about. Don Imus looks like a, a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. His whole shit is chopped. Don Amos, you look, your whole, yo, you look crazy. And you want to yeah. shit on an icon like Warner Wolf? Fuck you, Don Amos. Yeah. Ageism. Age discrimination. You can't do it. Good, good job, Warner. Just let's go to the fucking court. Let's go to the court. <laughs> Remember Warner Wolf? Of course, man. New York icons, man. In, in the third grade, one of the last things I remember before getting kicked out of PS158 in the third grade was my class report on Warner Wolf. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, finally, okay, before we bring out the NASCAR guy, I told you, Clint Boyer, okay? This dude's racing in the 60th running of the Daytona 500 Sunday night. He races around in these cars, Daytona. He's, he's like one of the best NASCAR racers. And I told him, I said, Clint, I have no idea what the fuck it's like, but I had a great informative conversation. These guys, he's one of these guys, they, they're in the car for hours at a time, hours at a time. My first question to Clint Boyer, I asked him, I said, hey, Clint, do you, uh, you text and drive? So it's a great <laughs> interview with Clint Boyer coming up. But before we get to that, the, the last thing I want to say before we get to Clint Boyer heading into All-Star Weekend and, I, and Moody, I would love to hear what you have to say about this. All right. 
Boston Celtics, I, I fuck with you KG hard. Paul Pierce, one of my favorite players of all time. Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, one of my favorite players of all time. Doc Rivers, loved him as an Atlanta Hawk, loved him as a player, loved him on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Rondo, one of the most iconic, unique, sort of one-of-a-kind players who just marches to the beat of his own drum. Okay, I love all these dudes. But the Boston Celtics championship team, you guys need to stop with the bullshit. Stop. What, what, stop. What they did. You're turning the Boston Celtics into an episode of the Real Housewives of Boston. All this, we're not inviting Ray Allen. Rondo oh, the still- other night, uh, you know, was, was on the court. Now, Isaiah Thomas at one point, Isaiah Thomas, uh, formerly of the Boston Celtics, formerly of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and now with the Los Angeles Lakers, at one point during the season, because last year he was killing it for the Celtics. Yeah. He was in the in the conversation, at least, for, for the MVP. He went through that Fifth. terrible situation where um, he lost Fifth. his sister. He played. He played hard. He suffered that injury. He got traded, which has nothing to do with him, and so forth and so on. The Boston Celtics wanted to show a tribute video right, for right. Isaiah Thomas. Now, obviously, the first time Cleveland came back in Boston, he wasn't there because he was still injured. And then they were going to have a video tribute um, with the same night of Paul Pierce's retirement jersey, and then Paul Pierce got into it, and then Paul Pierce and Jalen Rose got into it. We've talked about this. And yeah. somehow or another, Isaiah Thomas, who has had a very, very good career, and last year was his best season. Somehow or another, he went from being the darling of the league to some sort of scapegoat bad guy. So the other night, Rondo, who's playing for New Orleans, the beginning of the game, he comes into the game talking shit. Yep, about the tribute. (laughs) Isaiah Thomas is no longer on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's no longer getting the tribute. He said I don't give a fuck about the tribute. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who said he didn't he said nah, I don't do it. And these guys are still going on and on and on about. Now, unless there's something behind the scenes that I don't know about, cut the shit. Word. Grow the fuck up, man. Like Rondo was like talking about like Rondo, you were you were a disruption to that team. You helped them win championships, but you were a fucking disruption. <laughs> Yo, uh, yo, and it's not like Isaiah Thomas uh, put together the tribute. Yo, if you're going to go at somebody, you go at the management that suggested, yo, maybe we should do something for this guy because his sister, you know, what happened with his sister and he was and and Danny Ainge probably felt bad on on the way they kind of treated this dude. So they want to show show some gratification. So which Rondo, is fine, but 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 right. none of this has anything to do with Isaiah Thomas. It's not like he's calling up Danny Ainge, like yo, when I come back exactly. to Boston, you guys got to hook up a video and make sure you show this clip and show that clip. Yeah, cut this shit, man. Yeah, they still they still on that hating shit with Ray. I didn't hear none of that. Well, yeah, the other day Paul Pierce got his jersey retired, and 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 Rondo was there, Doc Rivers was there, KG was there, and Ray Allen wasn't invited. Oh man, and KG would got his shit stapled. That hoodie stapled to his fucking scalp. Yo, take that shit off, Duke. You seven feet with a fucking holly hobby uh, shit attached to your fucking head. He looks crazy, man. And and get off the shit with Ray Allen, man. Y'all men. Yo, he left. So what? And he won another chip. So obviously that decision was valid. You got one. Ray got two. <laughs> All right, listen. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Yo, this dude Clint Boyer's bugged out. The Daytona 500 is like the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Got to talk to him about what it's like to drive in one of these cars for hour after hour, how hot it gets. If and I asked him his opinion. Do you think NASCAR is a sport or is it a just driving? You know what I mean? Because a lot uh, of people I, don't consider. What do you think of that? Uh, it's not a sport. It's work. Huh. <laughs> it's not a fucking sport. It's like, yo, you got to have that eye. Your eyes got to be... Back and forth, and you got to maneuver, but that's not a sport. Is he getting tired in the motherfucker? Hey, listen, you're in there. It's like a, over a hundred degrees. I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him explain. Clint Boyer, driver of number fourteen, Mobile One Ford, coming up next on the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Clint Boyer, this is Michael Rappaport of the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? 
Now, from what I know, okay, uh, uh, about you, you don't understand what the hell podcasts are and where they live and all that stuff, correct? That is 100% confirmed, yes. All right, well, listen. First of all... Is this a podcast? This is a podcast. It's not just a podcast, Clint. It's it's the worldwide phenomenon. It's the greatest podcast in the world. So so if even though you don't know... Do I get paid to be on a podcast? You get absolutely, positively nothing. You get nothing at all, Clint. Is there anything that comes good out of a podcast? You know what's going to come good from this podcast? One day... Somebody's going to come up to you, and it's probably going to happen this weekend uh, heading into uh, the Daytona. <laughs> and they're going to say, I heard you on the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, and, and, and they're going to be like, that was awesome. I, I could guarantee you that will happen. Some, and, and those I am going to hold you to it. And, and, and those are the kinds of things, Clint, listen, you, you got millions and millions of dollars. You got millions and millions of fans. Those are the kind of things that mean something at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that I can finally make some sense out of a podcast if i have a fan come up and say they heard me on a podcast i'm gonna be pumped all right well it's it's definitely gonna happen so i'm gonna be honest clint listen i'm a new york city guy i don't know much about uh, uh nascar i don't know much about daytona um so i want you to sort of walk me through this you actually know more about daytona and nascar than you think you do because you live it every day of your life if you live in new york city and try to drive anywhere that's what it's like to try to drive from the back of the pack to the front at Daytona. Now, so so you've probably been all over the country and all over the world. Would you say, based on your expertise as a driver, that New York City driving is the most challenging out of all the places you've been? Yes. I, you need, like, a, a, a big truck. You need either <laughs> something that will run over vehicles or something that will push them out of the way. That's what you need to get from point A to point B in New York City. What do you think of California driving? You ever driven in California or like in Los Angeles? Same, same problem. Same vehicle would have huge success at both places. All right, that makes sense. Um, so Daytona, how much hype goes into Daytona? It's 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 like the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Like what like what is the excitement? What is the energy like? And and what does it mean to you to to continue to participate in, in this race? Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's no different than what the Super Bowl is to a football fan. I can't imagine, you know, any football player going to the Super Bowl and, and, and not having, you know, those memories of, holy cow, this is what I've worked my whole life for. You know, since I was old enough to compete, this is what I worked for. And, uh, you know, what? it's all playing out. You're out there in the starting grid and you look over, there's your mom and dad, there's your brothers, you know. I mean, this is the moment that you've worked your whole life for as a family, um, not just you as a person. It's everybody that formed you and shaped you to who you are today, whether it was fast competitors, um, teams, uh, you know, peers, anybody. To be on that stage at the Daytona 500 means the world. And, and uh, when you get out there, um, it's so different because throughout the course of speed weeks, I mean, I've been down here for two weeks with my dirt cars racing around and other local, you know, short tracks and things like that. I mean, that's what make up speed weeks and that's what builds to the excitement of the Daytona 500. I mean, there's racing down the road at New Smyrna. There's racing at Volusia. There's racing in Tampa. We've been to Ocala, Brunswick, Georgia. We've been hammering the racing scene on the, on the weekly racing series, uh, you know, you know, running our late models all around the country. The sprint cars have been down here. We've all been down here racing big time, pushing for the hype of the Daytona 500. And what do you think of this? This is an age old question. And, and, and I'm asking you sincerely, and I'm not trying to be offensive. What do you think of this whole uh, debate uh, that NASCAR is in a sport car racing is in a sport. What is your take on that? And then follow that up with what you do to personally train outside of the car uh, uh, to be a competitive racer at your level? Well, yeah, I think, you know, instead of having a linebacker run you over on a football field, you've got a 3,400-pound automobile, you're, you're hitting a wall that don't move. You know, no different than that linebacker did. I mean, it's, it's, it's all relevant. Um, does our sport hurt? Hell yeah, it hurts. It hurts bad when you hit a, you know, hit a wall. Do we have... Do we have concussions and things like that? Yes, we do. There's risks that come with, with sports at this level, no different than any other sport. You know those risks, and, and I'd get in tomorrow, you know, and the following day knowing those risks are in front of me. I mean, you can get killed doing this. We go, to, you know, 200 mile an hour in, in a pack and, and go flying through the air like lawn darts. I mean, it's, it happens at this track at Daytona. You know that going in, 
but this is what you've worked your whole life for. This is what you love to do. No different than any other sport or any other athlete. Um, yes. Are you sitting in a car? Are you, you know, do you, do you have to be able to, to bench press a thousand pounds to be able to do what we do? Hell no. We got power steering, but <laughs> it's crazy hot inside the cars. Um, it, it's, it's mentally this, this race at Daytona more than any place. These restricted plate tracks are mentally taxing beyond belief. Um, there's so much that's coming into the brain and, and that you're taking in, you're learning, you're, you're trying to get that car, you know, to the front, you're pitting, um, the athletes on pit road. I mean, you want to talk about athletes. These guys are, are turning pit stops in 12 seconds, changing four tires, filling a car with fuel, making an adjustment. Let's see, let's see somebody, you know, when, when you talk about athletes, those are, those are real life athletes that were, you know, past football players or, or from another sport that are competing within the sport and, and may not be driving, but they're, they're a big part of the sport. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, do we use the same muscles as a football player or a, a basketball player? Hell no. But, but you know what I mean? There's, there's, it's definitely, I feel like there's an argument there to be an athlete. I can guarantee you our seven time champion of, of Jimmy Johnson's probably in better shape than most uh, athletes that you see out there today. Yeah, I'm Might sure. Might not be as bubbly, but he's in good shape. <laughs> I promise you that. What, so what do you guys do to train? Or what do you do to train, you know, like to, to, to stay in shape and like to prepare for races? Because obviously, like you said, you have to be in shape uh, mentally and physically. It's taxing. Like, what What is your personal well, he training? he kind of leads that pack of putting spandex on riding these bikes these, these days. And I just, I can't do it. I'm a Midwestern boy. I'm a Kansas boy. I have friends that would, kick my ass if they found me in spandex would <laughs> they would it would happen so i mean you know i have a trainer and we work uh with with her and and you know what i mean we we do the same things that, that any other sport does but i've always been a firm believer i came from the you know motocross world and and everybody knows you know that's very physically demanding and things like that um i've always been a firm believer in you know, your best conditioning is, is being in that saddle, doing whatever it, it is that you do for a living. Um, that's the best condition you can do for your mind and your body. In 2007, Clint, at the Daytona 500, you wound up upside down and on fire. And, and fortunately, you made it out of that. Now, it's it's been a, almost 11 years since that happened. Can you tell me what that was like, what you remember, and and like what the sounds were of going through some sort of uh, a crash like that. Well, I mean, it's all it's, it's so hectic when, especially when you get into like the last ten laps of the race. Everybody's pushing your bumper, you know, nose to tail, pushing on the guy in front of you. Somebody's got your rear tires off the ground. You're trying to keep this thing, you know, underneath of you, and you're you're swatting flies with the wheel. You're you're holding the, the throttle through the floorboard, your temperature through the roof. There's a guy in your ear yelling at you to, you know, what's going on around you. It's just crazy hectic as you're getting down to the end of that thing. Your car just gets sideways in front of you and maybe jumbles everybody up. You're trying to avoid that. You get that caught up. Now you're looking in the mirror. The one thing that probably people don't realize that don't watch this a lot when you watch Daytona and Talladega on these restricted plate tracks is you really drive more out of the rear of your car than you do even the windshield. What do you mean by I'm that? Watching, what, what do you I'm mean by that? I'm watching the mirror. I'm watching the mirror more than I'm looking out the windshield. I'm looking literally at the mirror more than you, you. You glance through the windshield, you watch the mirror. You have to know what's behind you at all times, and your spotter up top that's yelling in your ear is telling you where those runs are coming from, who those runs are, because it's more important who, what cars you're around. You want your teammates. You want your, you know, you want to be with your pack, your wolf pack when it gets down to it, because you know, they're going to have your back. They're not going to lead you astray. They're going to push you to win that Daytona 500. And then you've got to put them in a situation where they, they don't have any choice, but to do that. You know, if you're just two cars out there out front, you got a guy behind you, he's going to pull off you slingshot around you and probably win the race. You got to strategize and try to have him, in a situation, maybe door to door with other cars where he has no choice, but to push you, which, which is going to be his best chance of getting a good finish. That's what you got to try to strategize to do. So when you look at this chaos that happens at Daytona, there's so much more that goes into it than just going out there and holding it wide open and hoping for the best. So when that, when that crash happened in 2007, what do you remember about that? You ever, you're, well, you live in New York City. You never really worked on a car or anything, have you? Ever welded or anything? 
let me tell you something, Clint. I'm not good with my hands. I stopped even like hammering, like you know, uh, nails. You've into- literally found a job where you just talk for a living. Th- that's it. That's it, Clint. I, and because at this point, you it's, nailed it. It's it's destruction. <laughs> it's because at this point, like even when I try to hang like a picture on my wall, it, it turns into a whole process. So welding, so I can't you, fix when my you're, oil. Like when you're grinding on something, you have a scatter shield on. You know, like sparks are hitting you, but they're just deflecting off. That's what it felt like. They're just sliding. But I mean, honestly, you're still racing. You know, you come off a of turn four, and you're thinking, "Man, cars wreck." You see them for a split second. You're thinking this is an opportunity to capitalize on this and pass a lot of cars. And all of a sudden you get clipped and you didn't even see the car that hit you and you're upside down. You're on fire. Fire's not good. The fire deal sucked. Is Everything it scary? Is like, are you like, Oh fire. shit. Or are you like, you ever been on fire? No, Clint. I never been on fire. Yeah. You gotta live a little. <laughs> you can't just, <laughs> you can't sit behind a microphone forever. <laughs> There's life to be lived. No, fire's <laughs> never good. It sucks. I, I draw a line with fire. And upside down, not being able to get in. But the funny thing about that whole story was my spotter, you can always tell that, the, you know, because our spotters are in our ear all the time. They're up there, bird's eye view on top of the grandstands. They can see everything. There are our eyes in the sky. And he, you can always tell the magnitude of the situation you're in by their voice. When it starts cracking or, or you know, they get excited, you know, it's like, oh, damn, we're, we're, something's fixing to happen. And, and he gets on the radio, almost screams like, hold the brakes, hold the brakes, hold the brakes. And, and I had slid so long, I finally was like, got on the radio. I was like, hey, bud, the, the brakes ain't helping me. <laughs> the wheels are off the ground. So that was kind of our, our laugh to calm everything down. But it flipped back over and eventually quit quit burning and we were fine well i'm glad you made it out of there safe now i know you're you're (laughs) you're from kansas uh, just to just to switch over to football i'm a big chiefs fan um i thought you guys had are you still are you still stinging over how like how quick and fast the chiefs fell and i'm a giants i'm a giants fan at heart but i love that chiefs team and i and i thought you guys were going to do it how bad did that hurt as a competitor, you realize the respect and everything that goes into the game, whether what what game it is, doesn't matter whether it's racing, whether what you're doing. As a professional athlete in a professional sport, you know that you respect whatever goes into it, so you never get mad. I was so pissed after that game, I couldn't I couldn't be around. I couldn't be around anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. Like literally, I became that fan that mm. was pissed. You gotta be to man. You can't be off the balcony. That's what it's all I about. I so much trash the first half to my peers, to my <laughs> friends. I mean, we had that game in the bag. Yep. No problem. <laughs> Suffer that devastating blow so quickly in the second half. You could see it coming. And, boy, I had to eat my words bad. So, yeah, I was I was pretty bummed out. But there's always next year. We'll be fine. There's we'll always fine. next year, and they're going to be fine. And, and, and trust me, I, I went through the ringer. Uh, all NFL playoffs, and I was talking so much trash, and and you know things were changing on a dime. My, all right, my final question before I let you go, and I want you to be honest with me, okay? We don't know each other, but I want you to trust me and be honest with me. When you're driving, and obviously you don't do this at NASCAR, do you text and drive? Be honest. Be honest with me. No, and you know what? That's like one of my biggest pet peeves in life right now is in NASCAR, you you teach yourself everything happens so far in front of you that you you're watching so far in front of you. It's like, and I live at, on a farm. It's down down a highway, so it's like 16 miles to town or whatever. And I drive it every day. And you can come up on a car, you, and it can be a half a mile in front of you. And I'll say, watch texting. And it's like you get up there, and I'll be damn there. He is texting all over the road. And it's it's like so when you're a driver, you realize you know. They're not being. They're not fast. They're slow. They're all over the place. They're gonna wreck, and they're not gonna finish. You like, damn guy, you got to do better. So don't text. You see, that's a good thing about where you live is you just walk and you can text. But is it like you can't text and walk either? I mean, you don't want to be that guy that cleans somebody out on the sidewalk because he's texting and, and walking, right? Is that a is that a rule? No, you you don't want to do that. You look ridiculous. And at this point, if you're texting and walking. And you're not paying attention. A driver who's texting and driver might take you out. Even the uh, the good old days of being able to text and drive, you can't do that because usually the, the drivers, especially in New York, especially the cab drivers, are texting and driving. Listen, Clint, I appreciate you taking uh, the time with me on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I uh, wish you a safe, 
60th running of the NASCAR uh, uh, this Sunday, February 18th at 2.30 on Fox. Uh, I hope you win. I hope uh, you're safe. And, uh, you know, and I can't wait till the first person comes up to you. And it's going to happen and says, yo, Clint, I, <laughs> yo, you kicked ass on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. And then it'll all make sense to you. So here's the thing. If I win this thing, I'm coming back on this podcast or whatever this thing is. <laughs> and we're going to have way more fun. Let's this do it. Will, we will have a relationship by then. Let's I do it. I promise you we'll do this over a beer or something. How about that? Absolutely. And again, I wish you a safe race and I hope you win. And, uh, you know, and I just hope you get out of there safe and, and have a great time down there. Enjoy the experience. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. All right, Clint. Yo, I want to thank Clint Boyer for rocking with me on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. As you heard, he he's not very familiar with podcasts. And I said, trust me, one day somebody's going to come up to him and be like, yo, yo, I heard you on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and then it will all make sense. So if anybody out there ever sees Clint Boyer, make sure you say something to him about the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Um, we're done. What more can we do? We came, we saw, we conquered. Have no fear. The Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. Okay? We left blood on the floor. As always. We leave blood on the floor. You know, someone said, you you always sound like you're screaming and yelling on the podcast. That's because I'm giving. I am fucking giving of myself. Every single time I pick up the golden microphones here in the gloom tomb, I am giving of myself. G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Take us out with some like a smacker. I don't Please. want something funky. Take us out with a smacker, a G. Moody beat that Lonzo yeah. Ball wouldn't even think twice to rhyme over. Let me get something. Right. Let me get a smacker, some boom back. funky for that. 